right, welcome to episode 65. This is part four of this little mini-series called Where's the Meat? Um, This is uh, the last episode of this series. In fact, this is actually going to be the second to last episode for this year. Uh, One more final episode for 2019, and then I'm going to take a little break uh, for a few weeks and come back after the first of the year. Uh, But now, to conclude this series, we're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul was talking about this better way, this better approach, a better way than all other ways, he says, which is a a discussion started back in chapter 12, and I covered that in the last episode. Uh, The way he is talking about uh, is this way of love. Uh, which he says should be pursued or zealously run after in chapter 14. So smack in the middle of chapter 12 and 14, you have chapter 13. And this is the better way, or this is a part of the explaining, explaining this better way, or what's at the core of this better way. And the things he talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, these are the things that will happen when we zealously pursue love. So, He started in the beginning of the chapter by telling them that without love, their abilities or actions, they really meant nothing. And in fact, if you look at how they had been perceiving and responding to one another up to this point in Paul's letter, it clearly demonstrated the results of a lack of love. And and we could ask, right? Paul could ask him, where where did where 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 is that getting you? Right? How's that working for you? What did what, what did that do for you? Uh, it just caused a bunch of problems, and it's the reason why we even have this letter written in the first place. You see, what, what Paul is about to explain to them is this better way, and if they had love, things would be working out for them in quite a different way. So as we go through this, what I want you to see is how our actions, the way we respond to things, can be transformational. It, can make a profound impact on ourselves and other people. Because you see, love has the power to do that very thing. It has the power to transform character. Uh, for instance, look at look at verse 3. Love, love has the power to change how we respond to, let's just say, negative, difficult, uncomfortable, hurtful situations. Paul says love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. In responding to hurtful situations, uh, ask the question, what is love going to do? Well, love is going to be patient or is going to, some of your translations might say, suffer long. This Greek word that Paul uses is a compound word. There's two words put together. One is long and the other is anger. In other words, love is long in coming to anger. Um, Paul also says that love does not envy or literally it does not boil with jealousy. So when we feel like we have been mistreated by others, instead of boiling over or lashing out with anger, Love moves us to be patient and to respond with kindness. So then love says, I will be kind to you even if you hurt me or disappoint me. Now, (laughs) that can be a hard thing to do. 
especially if that hurt or disappointment you feel is because you feel like people did not take into consideration how you would feel before they did something or said something or, you know, by the way they responded to you or the decision that was made. Maybe maybe someone stole your idea, right? Or you were overlooked for a promotion or a decision was made and you weren't even consulted or bought into the discussion. Uh, how do you deal with that, right? How do you deal with that? Well, you see, Paul goes on to say that love does not boast or does not parade itself around. Uh, Love is not proud or puffed up, some of your old translations might say. Um, When something is paraded around, uh, what's going on there, right? It's forcing people to look at it. It is trying to grab the attention of others. It's saying, hey, look at me. Now, when we are motivated by pride, what do we do? We tend to force people to see us. We want people to see our way. We want our feelings to be considered first. We want what we have to say to be heard. We want to be front and center. Most important, hey, look at me. Now, while I may have deserved that promotion, or that idea actually did originate with me, or I should have been consulted before that decision was made. Love tells me to not force you to think about me. In other words, I will not do to you what you have done to me, and instead I will humbly think about you and how I respond. <laughs> that's, that's why Paul said uh, in Philippians 2.3, to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interest of others. And so, wow, that's a mouthful. Next time you find yourself wanting to respond in anger, ask, what does love require of me? And if we're going to pursue after love, we will respond with kindness. The next time you feel that resentment building up within you and the desire to respond in anger grow stronger and stronger, and ask yourself, what does love require of me? And if we are going to pursue love, our response is going to take into consideration the feelings of others. Oh, wow. Wow. Are you with me on this? Right? If I love you, I will be kind to you, even if you hurt me or disappoint me. If I love you, I will I will humbly think about you and not force you to think about me. Like, wow, that can be a hard thing to do. But if we pursue after love, right, This is what we will begin to become or do naturally. But that's why love has to be zealously pursued. It doesn't necessarily come, doesn't necessarily come easy. Now, something else that can be as equally hard, right? If not harder to do, 
is to forgive others who have hurt us, who did not take us into consideration, right? Did not take into consideration our feelings, what we have done, etc. Um, so Paul goes on to say that love is not rude and does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Man. So I <laughs> think think about this. When Paul says love is not rude, your translation might say it does not dishonor others. Uh, I like I like that uh, that phrase there. I think it really helps to capture uh, the essence of what's being said here. But I also like the concept of rude, and so we, we put those together. When you dishonor someone, you're you're treating them like you're treating them like they're less than. Um, like they're not made in the image and likeness of God. It's treating them like they have no value or worth. It's treating them in such a way that you don't really care about them. You don't care who they are, what they think, or how they feel. Huh. Then in the same breath, Paul says, love does not insist on its own way. In other words, we won't be only concerned about our own feelings, interests, etc. Um, so th- think about this. When we are only concerned about our own interests or feelings, uh, you know, like when, when someone hurts us, um, we will most likely respond, how? Yeah, <laughs> If we walk around, if we're people who walk around only concerned about our own interests or feelings, when we get hurt, um, yeah, we're more than likely going to respond very rudely, right? I mean, that's going to be like the the knee-jerk reaction there. And so when we think about what Paul's saying here, in a sense, um, if I am going to be concerned about the interests of others, it's going to take a sacrifice on my part. And so if you hurt me, I'm not going to deny the pain you have caused, but when I respond to you, I will not dehumanize you. I will take into consideration your feelings, and I will not try and make you feel the same way you have made me feel, right? And what makes that possible is us not just simply concerned about ourselves, not just simply concerned about our own interests, right? And so if we have love, we will be concerned about the interests of others. And that will be demonstrated, right, in how we respond to those people who have hurt us, those situations that, well, cause us to have a hard time forgiving, right? And, but, 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 but in the same vein, Paul says that love is not irritable or easily angered or provoked. The word provoke there. We know what it's like, right? It's an interesting Greek word. It means to sharpen something. Think about that. Love is not irritable or easily angered or provoked when something happens and we sit on it and we dwell on it and we think about it. 
right? There's something. There's the sharpening, right? We're ready. We're ready just to cut somebody with our words. We cut them with the way we we look at them, right? With our eyes, we we become irritated. Uh, it's a word that means to be stimulated, right? The things are being stirred up within us, and there's this urge, which is another word that's used to define this Greek term that Paul uses here. We we feel this urge to respond, right? To react and and to let them have it. But Paul says love is not irritable, and he also says it's not resentful or. It doesn't take inventory of how you have been wronged. Some of your translations might say it doesn't take keep records of wrongdoings. And in other words, it doesn't keep track of this stuff and hold it over another person's head. <laughs> but that's exactly what we do, right? We, we, we keep track of the things that people do to us. And over time, what happens? It continues to build, sharpen you feel that irritation. There's this stirring and then this urge. So this begins to boil up until we finally respond in anger. And we have a hard time forgiving because we feel like people got away with something. And we allow that resentment to build. And then we respond. And... When we respond in anger, it just becomes this vicious cycle of resentment and building and anger and resentment and building and anger. But love says that I will forgive you of your mistakes and I won't hold them over your head. So if if I ask what does love require of me in these situations, it requires me to be patient and respond in kindness and to not allow the resentment to build up. But I'm going to deal with the issues by responding in such a way that I don't devalue you or try and make you feel the way that I do or the way that I believe or feel like you've made me feel. So I'm going to do the opposite. Um, Now, with that in mind, Paul says that love does not rejoice at wrongdoing or injustice, but rejoices with the truth. And there's this, it's like truth and love are being personified here, standing side by side. And love is standing right beside the truth. Love is not going to hide behind half-truths or lies, but stands beside the truth or what is right very proudly. Now, when I, when I apply that to the situations that we're, we're, we're discussing here, sometimes when we are hurt, um, if we are self-seeking, right, if we're only concerned about our own interests and so forth, we can play what we might call the unjust judge. Uh, and that's the idea behind this word injustice. It's the idea of something or this idea of wrongdoing, something that an action that a judge would uh, or, or should we say a conclusion that a judge would come to that would be considered unjust, Okay, And so sometimes when we are hurt, if we're self-seeking, if we're only concerned about our, our interests, um, if we want people to throw us a pity party, we can play the unjust judge of sorts. We, we do this. We do this by, should we say, embellishing or, or, or painting a picture of what, what happened. And in doing so, we make it sound worse than it was. 
right? Like we, we blow things up out of proportion because we like to throw ourselves pity parties. We want people to feel sorry for us. Um, and it's not to say that something that was done uh, was okay. And maybe there was an injustice, right? Uh, maybe you have, we might say, every right to feel what you're feeling, uh, you're hurt. Uh, but love requires us to not force people to think about us. And we won't allow these hurt feelings or emotions to overcome us in such a way that we respond in anger, right, and and unjustly make things out to be worse than they are just because we want others to feel sorry for us. Can can you, man, I get it. Like, that's probably, that might be uncomfortable to think about. Um, Like, how could that be right? But... That's what love requires, and it's hard. But can you see how love is transformational, right? It can make a dramatic change in our character and a change that is demonstrated in how we respond to negative, difficult, uncomfortable, or hurtful situations. Now, so far, uh, love is being presented by Paul from the perspective of what it doesn't do. In other words, if I love you, this is what I won't do to you. Now we're going to transition to what love does. Or if you, if I love you, this is what I will do. So Paul begins by saying, in contrast to what love doesn't do, this is what love does. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. So let, let's start with the idea of love bearing all things. The term bear is a picture of protecting something by placing a covering over it. Uh, it's like love creates an unseen but felt force field that you invite others under and you shelter them. You provide them with relief from like the beatdown that life can give, right? Provide them with relief from the oppression, from the pain, from the anxieties and frustrations, from the reasons why that are behind why they may have responded to you in such a way or hurt you in such a way, right? So love love protects and it supports. If if you think about it, it, it is it is how how love covers the faults of others. It doesn't delight in them. It doesn't use others' weaknesses against them. It doesn't beat them down because of them. Instead, it provides support and a safe place to deal with them. Now, uh, you got to think about this. When we do this, this is hard work, but when we do this, when we open, we, 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 we open up ourselves in this way, we're also making ourselves vulnerable. We make ourselves vulnerable to the things others are suffering. Think about it. Uh, you're probably dealing with people who don't ask the question, what does love require of me? Um, and the stress has gotten to them. They, they can lash out and do all the things that Paul previously mentions that love does not do. Now, we don't pursue love just because other people are pursuing love. Remember that, right? You don't love those who love you. You don't just love those who love you. Uh, loving people who don't love you in return. That's hard, but that's what love does. That's what love requires. And now if we are pursuing after love, we ask, what does love require of us? 
what it requires is that we love them anyway. Because love covers and protects and forbears while being on the receiving end of other people's issues. Oh, man, that's so hard. We, uh, when we're on the receiving end, we respond with patience and kindness. Whew. That's not an easy thing to do at times. You know, it's one thing to be on this side and to be looking at what Paul says and, to be, you know, it's really easy to say. Like, it's really easy to say. It's really easy to kind of pull this together and make sense of it. But, man, being in those situations, that tension, right, sitting in that tension, oh, that's not an easy thing to do. And to be able to respond in these ways in that tension, that's, that's, that's difficult. That'll be hard. Um, and it only comes by us zealously pursuing after love, zealously pursuing after this way. So, man, are you with me? Next time you see someone who may be going through a difficult time, uh, pursue love and open up that umbrella. Next time someone has hurt you, next time someone uh, has done something that has offended you, um, go beyond just that thing that they've done and open up that umbrella, right, and, and help them, help them, provide them with support, protection. Next time you find yourself in the middle of a negative situation, people are getting hurt, pursue love, open up that umbrella. Next time someone reaches out to you, right, from, from the pain, desperation, they're seeking relief, pursue love, open up that umbrella. Next time you find yourself dealing with someone who's not so loving, right, pursue love and open up that umbrella, because love protects and it supports no matter the situation. And just learn to sit in that tension and be patient and kind. Now, in protecting and supporting others, whoo, love, we're not done. Love, love is going to give people the benefit of the doubt. Oh, swallow that one. Chew on that for a moment. Love is going to give people the benefit of the doubt. That's, that's what Paul is saying when he says that love believes all things. The term believes is a word that means to entrust. You put into the hands of another. Love entrusts. So you might say that love trusts all things. The Greek word translated believes here means to think something to be true, to place confidence in something. Now, <laughs> when you look at it in this text and in this context, it's really about believing the best about people. It's about giving people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so, so what this means is we're going to place the best connotation possible on the things that we see people do, on the things that we hear people say. All right, we're going to think the best of them. And so... If you see someone and they don't talk to you, or if they do, it's short, right? Uh, you may feel like they were not all that friendly. They may have talked to you, but you felt kind of brushed off. Love says, huh, they must be having a bad day. I hope everything is okay. Love says, I am going to pray for them. 
maybe reach out to them, ask if I can help in any way, or if they need someone to talk to, or hey, if they just want to hang out, go get go get some lunch. Um, yeah, see, love love makes us makes us gracious, right? Not suspicious. Oh, what do they have against me, right? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> That'll hit a nerve. Love makes us gracious and not suspicious. It makes us careful, not critical or judgmental. Man, because that's what love does. If we're wanting to think the best of others, right? We we want to think the best of others because love protects. It supports and it gives people the benefit of the doubt. Man, okay. Are you still with me on this? We're coming around the corner to the finish line, so just just uh, stick with me here. Finally, Paul says, whew, as if he hasn't said enough, right? Uh, Paul, Paul says, love hopes all things and endures all things. And when Paul, Paul says love hopes all things, he's not talking about a wish, which is, what I think the common use of the term, you know, hope, how it's used today. Like, you know, we say things like, I, I hope that, uh, you know, my vehicle starts. Um, I hope that, you know, I get the promotion. Or I hope that I um, get this gift. Um, the t- I think typically the way we use the term hope today is more in the sense of a wish. But the Greek word used here, uh, it... It presents the idea of a trust, its expectation, even and, and anticipation. Uh, and in this context, I think it, I think it means to to basically see the bright side of things. It doesn't despair, right? It doesn't think the the worst of people, right? I mean, all of this. You see how this stuff just builds on one another, and it's all interconnected. Um, in other words, love expects others are doing the best that they can. Might we say? Might we say that? Uh, love expects others are doing the best they can. When when you take into consideration all the things I've talked about up to this point, it's really the difference between building up and tearing down. It, it's it's all about our perspective and, and approach to situations like. Uh, when things are not being done the way that I think it should be done, right? Or when someone completely fails or disappoints me or hurts me, lets me down or doesn't meet my expectations, or when I'm frustrated because my feelings, my desires, or my concerns are not being considered. If I love you in these situations, I am not going to be tearing you down, which is so easy to do, right? Like, like that's like our first response. Um... Instead, I am going to be looking for ways to build you up. <laughs> so, <laughs> if, we, if we're pursuing love and ask, what does love require of me in these situations? We will believe others are doing the best that they can. And in doing so, it begins, it leads us, it starts us on this path to building other people up and keeps us from tearing them down if we're thinking they're doing the best that they can. However, what do you do? What do you do in the pain of the frustrations that you feel? They just seem unbearable, 
right? Take us all the way back to the beginning. The whole reason why we started on this journey in the first place. What, what do you do? What do you do when you, 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 you feel this pain and uh, this frustration and this anger? And it's just, just it's unbearable. What do you do when you're having a hard time seeing the bright side of things? How do you encourage other people when you're so discouraged yourself, especially when you take something you know, deeply, deeply personal? Well, I think it's in those moments that we have to be very intentional about pursuing peace. You see, Paul says that love endures all things, or it always perseveres. The Greek word used uh, here is a compound Greek word, or, or just two words put together. One is under, and the second is to remain. And so, in other words, we have to remain under. And so love remains under. Uh, it's a remaining under something, right? A, a burden of sorts. And so... If the pain or frustration seems unbearable, it may be helpful to see it as a blessing or try and see the bright side of things to turn it into something positive. So I ask, what could I possibly see or do that we would be a positive, right, in this these situations? How about just simply promoting peace between yourself and the other person? So when I pursue love, even if you hurt my feelings, if you have caused me pain or frustration, I will do my part. I will remain under this relationship, right? I will do my part to promote peace between us as opposed to constantly complaining to everyone else or as opposed to going to you who have hurt me and responding in a very demeaning way, voicing my frustrations and anger, building up this resentment and animosity. And instead, um, I will ask, what does love require of me? And love says things like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. Or, hey, things happen, right? Or, or let's just say it is a really a big deal. Because uh, sometimes we make a big deal out of something that's not a big deal. But then other times, uh, people want us to not make a big deal out of something that really is a big deal. And so if it really is a big deal, how do we deal with that? Well, if we're, gonna st if we're going to remain under and promote peace, right? And in fact, I would suggest that remaining under, the ability to remain under that, promoting peace is what's going to be partly anyway, uh, the way that's going to allow us to help to stay under, right, to remain under the prop up, as it were, that relationship, um, we have to deal with it. And we have to say, hey, look, uh, we can fix this, right? This is what love might say. We can fix this. Uh, let me help you because I've done this very thing before. Or it might say, hey, let's let's learn from our mistakes. If we both made mistakes here, we both are in the wrong here. Let's learn from these things and, and, and you know, make this better. How can we do better uh, next time, right? Uh, and, and by doing this, we build each other up instead of tearing each other down. And that's what love does. So, wow, yeah, that's... That's love. This is the better way that far surpasses all other possible ways. It, oh, it doesn't come easy 
Which is why it's got to be pursued, zealously pursued. But when we pursue it, it will change, transform us, and impact those around us in the most profound ways. I mean, how could it not? Think about it. When we are mistreated by other people, instead of boiling over or lashing out with anger, we respond with kindness. We don't force others to think about us. We we, we, we care more about others' feelings than, than our own. It's not dismissing our feelings. It's just, just a matter of perspective and an approach. We don't hold the things people have done to us over their heads, but instead we forgive and we, we work things out without embellishing or trying to make others feel sorry for us. We don't blow things out of proportion. We create this, and at the same time, we, we, we create this unseen but felt force field of care for other people like an umbrella, right? To come under, to be sheltered from the beating of uh, that life gives us and the pain and the frustrations and the anxieties, etc. And, and when people don't show us love, we love them anyway because love covers and it protects and it forbears while enduring all the wrong things that can be thrown at us. We Give people the benefit of the doubt while pursuing this peace, remaining under this. This is the better way. This is what pursuing peace looks like. This is what love requires of us. This, my friends, is where you will find the meat. All right, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. As I mentioned, this is the second last episode for the year. We'll have one more uh, coming out next week, so we'll be looking forward to that. I hope that this has this series has been helpful to you. I hope it's something that uh, uh, you can take with you and give you something to chew on, right? Where's, where's the meat? Well, I think the meat is love. You want to find the meat. You want to find the buffet of the deeper things that will make a, a, a profound impact on your life and the life of others and literally change the world, yeah, it's going to be found in love. And so uh, I hope you'll be looking forward to the uh, next episode, the last episode of 2019 coming up. we look looking forward to that. And join me as we continue to explore becoming like Jesus from the inside out.